Pearson, it's been a mess the last few days, last week or so. Delays, long lineups due to staffing problems. Okay, so driving, is that any better? No, not much better, actually. Driving uh, GTA gas prices said to uh, equal an all-time high. We will actually equal an all-time high later this week. Yes, believe it or not, gas prices are pushing even further upwards. We'll get more on that from uh, gas expert Dan McTeague. President of Canadians for Affordable Energy. He joins us coming up inside the next 10 minutes. So uh, driving, not much good. Uh, Flying, uh, Pearson, not that great either. So how about public transit? How about that? The Ontario Liberals, of course, yesterday unveiling a major campaign promise, promising a buck a bus. Is that what we're calling it, I think? A buck a bus? One dollar to ride public transit. We wanted to dig a little deeper into this, so let's uh, welcome in Steve Monroe, author and transit advocate, who joins us now. Hey there, Steve. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I love the music you came in with. Yes, uh, (laughs) Bus Rider. It's a classic, right? (laughs) So what do you think about not only the song, but riding the bus for a dollar? Is this something, whether it's the TTC or any other public transit system throughout the province, is charging only one dollar a rider? Is that feasible, Steve? Well, anything is feasible if you want to pay for it. Um, The question is whether it's the best way to spend money to make transit better. Um, And I think an important distinction um, is that a lot of the province transit is very different from what it is in Toronto. You know, we're used to the idea that there are buses and streetcars and subways pretty much everywhere. The service is reasonably good, although it could be better. Um, and, And it has a real presence. Whereas you don't have to go very far outside of Toronto to be in places where transit runs every now and then. It doesn't run on Sundays. It doesn't run in the evenings uh, and is a lot less convenient to use, particularly if you're not making a trip to a major destination like uh, a shopping center that's the the hub for a bunch of routes um, or a go station or something like that. So um, transit is already not a huge option in many parts of the province. And this is, after all, a provincial election, not not just a Toronto election. Sure, and they are, again, promise, promising a dollar a public transit ride right across the uh, province. And your point, I think, is a salient one, and one well-made, Steve, that, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that perhaps uh, ail public uh, transit. Some people might find it cost-prohibitive. But that uh, might be down on the list of things. Uh, I mean, when you talk about uh, convenience, schedule, running on time, is it going to get me anywhere close to where I really uh, need to be? These are all other factors, just not price, that weigh into somebody's decision as to whether or not to use public transit? Um, yes, and, and I think there's a... a, a and I, I'm going to look, I'm just, one of the pieces, of course, was the Toronto Star's editorial today uh, on the same subject, and they cite the fact that uh, right now it costs $21 to come from Niagara Falls to Toronto by, by Go Transit. Well, of course, Go Transit only runs one train a day each way from Niagara Falls, and they run hourly bus service. So it's not, it's not like, you know, the Dufferin bus. Uh, you know, or the Finch bus or the Young Subway. It's an infrequent service. Um, and, well, it might be all very nice for us to give someone, in effect, a $20 a ride, like $40 a day subsidy to come from Niagara Falls to Toronto. But is that the best use of transit money? That's the first point. The second point is there's a lot of talk about how this is going to get cars off the road. Well, first of all, you have to get to the GO train or the GO bus. And a big problem 
pretty much everywhere is that is the level of local service that will get you you know from your front door if you're not going to use a car to the to the go, to the go train for example or if you are actually going to drive to the go train well the parking garage at the go station is full at seven o'clock in the morning so there's a limit to the number of people who can do the drive to the train kind of model um, and so the if you're really serious about getting cars off the road you have to deal with the fact that local transit really isn't an option in many parts of the province as a feeder-to-go transit and and as a, a way of getting around within uh, local cities unless you're willing to put up with very infrequent service. Yeah. A dollar, a dollar a fare isn't going to fix the service. You know, this reminds me of a conversation I had with a good friend of mine years and years and years ago who used to take the GO train in from uh, Oakville, this is pre-pandemic, into downtown to uh, work. And he said the most frustrating and most hilarious part of his ride was coming home every night because, to your point, everybody drove to the GO station and then took the train into downtown just to avoid, you know, the congestion on the Gardner and such. But it was uh, once the train, the GO train, arrived at the station and disembarked, like the mad dash, the actual run people would go to to get to their vehicles so they wouldn't encounter gridlock. Uh, forget the Gardner. There, there was gridlock just trying to get out of the GO station in Oakville. Yeah. Yeah, and and the same way you can have you can have gridlock on local streets around ghost stations, as you know, everyone is either coming in the morning or going in the afternoon, um, and it kind of ties the area around the station in knots. And this, there's been a lot of talk lately about how Go is going to very substantially increase its service over the coming years, and it's long, long overdue. But the that that's only one you know, one side of the coin. The other side is. If, you know, if I want to go to Oakville from here, as opposed to, you know, coming in from Oakville to Toronto, if I want to go to Oakville, well, what do I do when I get to Oakville Station? Um, and unless there's really good local transit service, um, you know, you can run all the trains you want. They're no use to me. Right. Yeah, you're going to grab an Uber or something. And then again, we're talking about uh, congestion on the uh, roadways. And, and I and, guess... And, the- and not a $1 fare. Yes. <laughs> so I guess the question is, when it comes to a dollar fare, at what cost, right? Because uh, just uh, how much of a factor is price when it comes to people making the decision to use public transit to uh, ease congestion, better for the environment and such? But also, Steve, there's another cost there, right? Because if they do not have the, you know, the TTC or other public transit, this funding coming in for uh, from riders, from the ridership, uh, can they do a lot of what we're talking about here, which is uh, upgrading service, enhance the service if they don't have those funds coming in? Well, I mean, this, this is, again, there's a huge difference between Toronto and many other parts of the province. Um, I think uh, there's an assumption, oh, there are empty buses and streetcars all over the place. Uh, and this is less and less the case on major routes. I was out this morning shopping, and there were buses with standing loads coming into Broadview Station. The bus I took, I stood on because there were no seats. The system is filling up. And uh, and thinking, you know, that this is a, pro- a program that's going to go to the end of 2024, um, we have to stop thinking in terms of, well, no one's riding the TTC or any other transit system. Another point about, you know, people talk about, oh, it's an empty bus. Well, there are always going to be some empty buses somewhere because you can't have them all full all the time. Uh, you know, they're not either they're not going the peak direction or you're running a minimum level of service 
just to make it attractive enough to be bothered waiting for it. And, you know, if you wait for the, enough people to fill the bus, you're going to wait a long time. So, you know, that's part of the cost of running a transit system. The buses are not going to be 100% full, but the system is definitely filling up. Um, outside of Toronto, again, as I said, a lot of systems transit it carries a much lower proportion of of demand today than it than um uh, or pardon me, even pre-pandemic, transit carried a low proportion. And so if, if, if all you're going to do is just backfill that, okay, that's nice. That just gets you back to where you were. But if you're going to be talking seriously about, if you're going to talk about congestion and being green and all that, that requires a much larger investment in service beyond what was there before. And I think where the problem with this proposal is that there are two separate goals that are, that are being pursued at the same time and they don't quite agree with each other. One is, we want to give everybody a break on transit. Fine, great stuff. But the other one is, we want to shift people to transit who weren't transit users before, get them off roads, reduce congestion, blah, 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 blah. Um, and that is a completely separate issue which the $1 fare doesn't address. All right. So just finally then, Steve, as somebody who studies the studies uh, transit uh, and is uh, involved in this, uh, give us your take, uh, maybe a, a grade on this promise from the Ontario Liberals, if you will, because, you know, when this was announced by Stephen Del Duca yesterday, a lot of people were kind of left scratching their heads saying, boy, this promise seems very kind of populist. This is something that uh, really I would expect maybe out of the conservatives, not the uh, liberals here. And we're drawing comparisons to uh, Doug Ford's infamous buck of beer from the uh, last uh, election. Instead, again, this is buck a bus. Uh, grade this uh, proposal uh, for us. Does this make really good sense overall, do you think? No, it doesn't. I mean, if I had to give it a letter grade, in in the best of my hearts, I might give it a D, and that's being extraordinarily generous. Um, the, the, the basic problem, as I say, is that it does not address what transit really needs, which is uh, ongoing funding for service. Um, there's, I mean, there's the whole issue of we're still getting substantial subsidies to offset the COVID draw, fallback. But, but if we're going to get more service you know, over and above what we've got now and over and above pre-pandemic to attract even more people to transit, that's going to cost money. And there's nothing uh, to speak of. Um, there's there's $375 million a year, which frankly doesn't go very far when you spread it all over the province. Uh, there's $375 million a year supposedly to allow for service improvements. Um, but without, it, it's kind of vague. It's just a number that's that's on a page. There are there are all of the the big ticket capital projects that are in the works, like Go Expansion and the various uh, rapid transit lines in Toronto. Someone's going to have to pay to operate them when they open, but they won't show up on the books for like six, seven years. So that's that's not an immediate problem. But you know, meanwhile, can we just have decent service on the Finch bus? Um, and and that kind of question never really seems to get addressed by anybody. Yeah, is this another example of us not taking public transit seriously enough? Because I'm thinking about our listeners in London this afternoon. There was this big announcement, of course, uh, 
that the uh, GO service, the train service, sorry, would uh, come uh, between London and uh, Toronto. But, uh, of course, it's a trial run that goes up through St. Mary's, as we know, Stratford. It's a three-hour trip. And a lot of people kind of had their hands in the air at the time saying, can't we just get like a a bullet train, a speed train, like uh, other countries have got that go maybe from Windsor straight through to uh, Montreal? Is that the kind of really big thinking and sort of the serious discussion we got to have when it comes to public transit to get well, people well, to finally truly adopt it. Well, I mean, I, uh, it's, it's odd for me as a transit activist to talk against a high-speed train, but I think the problem with that—that's the other—that's the other extreme. Which you know, it's great if someone wants to go from London or Windsor to Toronto or Montreal. Great stuff, and there's a demand for that. But it doesn't deal with the person who, you know, who lives in London and wants to go to Guelph because they're going to university there or they're going to Kitchener-Waterloo to the, you know, they, they, there used to be, when Via ran decent service on that line, there used to be a lot of uh, commuting traffic up and down the line because it's, there are university towns all the way along. And basically, Via managed to kill that off because they cut service and, and even the trains that are there don't run at convenient times. So uh, unless Go Transit is going to talk about serious upgrading of the track so they can just run regular local service at a decent speed and looking at that line as more than a way to get to, to Toronto Union, you know, rather look at the demand along the corridor, it doesn't do any good to have a train that's going to leave London at like six o'clock or five o'clock in the morning if you want to get to work at eight o'clock in downtown Toronto. Um, the other obvious question is why we should only be charging a dollar for someone making a trip that long. But that's a whole we mm-hmm. can we can talk about we can talk <laughs> about the skewing of fares by providing you know, long distance subsidies. I would say one other important thing. A lot of this has been focused on rail services. The discussion has been focused on rail services for long distance and go. A big problem in Ontario and in Canada generally has been the gradual disappearance of intercity bus service. And if you, know, if you want to spend some money on something that people really need, establish a good network of bus services between cities and towns and not just in southern Ontario. I mean, there's, you know, one of the talks is like, you can ride Ontario Northland for a buck. Well, that's nice if only there were some service to ride. So uh, I think it's kind of getting the wrong end of the stick talking about the fares when there are parts of the province which are desperate just to have something there to ride mm-hmm. rather, than, rather than getting it for a dollar. Okay, listen, we got to leave it there, but very informative, Steve. Always appreciate your great insight and your time. Thanks so much, as always, for joining us. You are very welcome. There's Steve Monroe, author and transit advocate, and we're back after break here on the Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.